Joe Hills here from jackofallblades.com. Art Frederick here as well, also from jackofallblades.com. And this is Webcomics Whenever, the podcast that updates when Webcomics Weekly doesn't. Uh, we're going to start off tonight on a slightly more positive note than our entire last podcast. We got a lot of feedback from people saying that we were a little bit too over the top with our negativity. We want to let you guys know, first off, we're satirists and humorists, so you can ignore almost everything we say just on that merit. Um, also, you know, we're here to have a good time, uh, so, you know, don't worry too much about what we say. Uh, yeah, if you follow our advice, that would be your first mistake in webcomicking. Yeah, do, don't, don't follow our advice. You, listen, but we're not negative about our advice. We like our advice, but... We're positively sure you'll enjoy listening to it, <laughs> but not certain that you'll have a positive result if you follow it through to the end. You gotta use your own discretion here, and... Because, yeah. <laughs> One of the things that we were looking at when people were saying we were a little bit negative was the results of creating webcomics, or the returns on creating webcomics. Well, honestly, webcomics is something that you have to love, because if you don't, you might not really get the results you're looking for. Just that act of creation has to be fulfilling for you because you can't count on the big do uh, the big dollars or the you know legions of fangirls just throwing themselves at you. Um, yeah, I'd agree with the first point. Yeah, Art gets fangirls regardless of how good his comic is, so good for him. <laughs> um, so we got a couple topics uh, that we just wanted to throw out before we hit our mailbag. Um, first one is at a convention we attended last weekend. Uh, there were some artists who we met with who ran a panel on uh, self-management for artists and productivity, that sort of thing. And one thing they suggested was that you get together with a group of friends who are all artistic and you have an art night. And you just work on creating things. You know, you, some people are sketching, some people are writing, other people are writing poems or whatever they do. And uh, that way everybody kind of peer pressures each other to stay on task and uh it was really good. We had about five or six people. Is that right, Art? Yeah, we uh, yeah, and we managed it pretty well. I mean, we had a good time. People uh, weren't as productive as if they had to just uh, get something done and work as hard as they possibly could. But we we avoided a lot of the pitfalls of a, uh, you know, every, uh, someone gets on YouTube and has a funny video, and then someone else has to counter it with their funny video, and then nothing gets done. That fortunately did not happen. Yeah, we, we, we made it clear in, in the invitations. We sent people, like, don't bring your homework or your papers that you have to write. Don't bring all your, you know, new Yu-Gi-Oh! abridged videos. This is not the time or place, you know? Um, it was good because I got a lot of things I wouldn't have gotten done otherwise, some sketches on a new project I'm working on. And uh, a little bit of writing here and there done. Art, how how was it for you? Um, well, I did a little bit of drawing. Uh, I didn't uh, write too much. I uh, made a few jokes that I kind of uh, noted whether or not the people who were there laughed at or not, which is probably the best thing for me. Uh, get a little market research before I put it online for the world to see. Yeah, and, and so this is something that we're looking at trying to do every week. Um, we recommend... You know, if you're trying to just find something to give you that incentive to bust out the drawing tools, that might be the sort of thing you need to just bust out of a rut or something like that. Um, another thing that we're trying for the first time this week is we got our own Left for Dead server for our comic. You know, we've got the big badge on the website uh, that says, you know, here's how many people are playing. Because we were hoping it'll kind of get some people together uh, to form some sort of community 
And also, you know, it makes us seem more accessible if people who might someday see us at a convention can also occasionally play Left 4 Dead with us. You know, everybody's got to blow off steam somehow, and uh, it seems like, you know, if you can do that, if you can relax while connecting to your fans, then that's pretty viable. Um, it kind of lets us know uh, if there is a zombie apocalypse, uh, which readers uh, we need to uh, associate with. Yeah, you always want to have room in your shelter for a few extra people. So, And you always want to have enough food and water, too. Uh, so that way you're all covered. And it helps to weed those people out now. <laughs> um, one thing I would warn you, though, if you have never set up a Left 4 Dead server before, or and you don't know anyone who does, this will be a very time-consuming process. Like, it's... The goals in the long term, you know, I totally think, okay, yeah, we got to get that community. We got to connect with the readers, that sort of thing. But really, the server configuration is a complete pain. And uh, so I would caution you, if you know somebody who's set up source uh, servers before for these sorts of games, you might want to talk to them and maybe have them there with you to help you out because uh, it, it can get a little bit tedious. Yeah, I think Joe spent four or five plus hours just trying to get a banner to show up. Now, in fairness, um, this is time that I would have spent actually playing video games, not actually drawing. So to me, on the whole, this is positive because I'm spending more time on comic-related things, which is a huge goal for me, uh, that I'm trying to you know, develop more as an artist and push more into the community like that. Um, we've got an email here. Uh, hey, hit the mailbag. Okay. Uh, it's entitled Web Comics Whenever uh, by Andrew, who noticed the name of our show. Uh, hey guys, long-time listener, first-time writer. He's funny, too. Yeah? I noticed that the team of people creating Jack of All Blades has changed over the years. I'm curious, who first came up with it? Now, when the owner of a strip feels like he needs to bring in new talent for art or writing or whatever, what do you think is the best way to do that? Do you turn to friends, or do you put flyers around in your area, or post in forums? Do you prefer a local co-creator or someone you found online who's in another zip code entirely? Um, and then there's a second half, but do we, do we want to hit this first part uh, first? Um, let's see. Uh, uh, the second half is kind of part of the same question. Okay. I feel like bringing a friend in is going to be harder than a stranger, because your friend might feel like suggesting directions for the comic that you don't want. What do you do when the two of you have different visions for the comic? Uh, Andrew. So, Art, uh, you are the original founder of the Jack of All Blades franchise, comic, whatever. Um, do you want to kind of talk about what happened when you and your initial partner on the project kind of had a falling out, like how you found other people to work on it with you? All right. Um, well, first of all, uh, most everyone that uh, I have worked with on the comic, uh, I've actually had a real-life connection to. And uh, this is uh, largely like a... I've noticed from watching, I'm sure many of you have seen it, if you've ever read a webcomic forum, there'll, some, there'll be some topic where some person says, hey, I want to write a webcomic, and I need someone who will draw it for me or whatever. And as far as I know, that usually just, it never pans out. Like, the problem that you have is, uh, uh, like, you, uh, it's hard to be a writer looking for an artist, because most artists are just going to draw what they want to draw, and, uh, they're well, not going to just go to a forum and say, oh, this guy wants to write something. Well, I'll draw it for him. Because the art, that's the real muscle work of the whole project. You don't have that, uh, nothing ever gets done. Now, it does take skill to be an art, uh, it does take skill to be a writer as well, I believe. But I feel like uh, it's a lot easier to do the research to become a good writer 
than it is to force yourself to pay for the classes to become a good artist or, you know, you, you can become a better writer just by reading things other people write or watching television shows that are well-written, that sort of thing, and analyzing them and breaking them down. Whereas to become an artist, you have to discipline yourself. I'm going to spend five hours today drawing. And for me, watching five hours of Doctor Who and breaking down the writing in my head is way more enjoyable than spending five hours drawing. Well, I'd agree and disagree to that because, I mean, writing a webcomic, it's one of those things like a lot, like most things, I mean, you're going to just have to uh, do it some to ever be able to do it. Like, I could watch all the football I want, but I'm not going to be a great quarterback or anything like that until I get some games under my belt. And uh, so you can, like, I definitely do agree that uh, it's very good to uh, watch and uh, read things and be able to pick up some influences. But at the very beginning, you're not going to be a good writer, which is going to make it even harder to get an artist because uh, you're not going to really have any uh, portfolio or something that you wrote that's so good that they'll uh, just take a look at and just go, oh, this guy's incredible. Well, I want to draw for him or whatever. And this seems like this is compounded by the fact that if you are a poor artist but a good if you're a poor artist but a good writer if you have a sample comic that you're already demonstrating online somewhere a good artist might look at that and go i can't see past the low quality of the artwork even though i want to believe that this guy is a good writer you know some people just in their minds they can't get past certain things and bad artwork is going to be one of them yeah so i mean and if if it were the situation where I was just a writer, I think uh, the advice that I would have uh, to myself and to you if you're a writer too is just to learn how to draw. <laughs> because uh, if you can do the muscle work, I mean, that's really going to be what keeps it alive because uh, you can't, you, it's just, uh, it seems unlikely that you can depend on someone else to uh, do all the muscle work and draw your comic for you while you're just sitting back writing it. And I mean, like, writing it, there is there is definitely a skill to it, but a lot of it, like coming up with plot ideas, is just something you'll do while you're driving to school or to work or whatever it is you do, and uh, it just uh, it isn't as time consuming as sitting down in front of a computer or in front of a uh, you know uh, at your drawing desk and just busting it out, making uh, the pages come to life. Well, I, I think it is time consuming. I think you do need to spend time on it constantly. But because you can draw while, like you said, you're, uh, you, you can't draw while you're driving. You can't draw while you're at work. Um, I worked in a factory one summer, and I could just constantly be running through dialogue trees in my head thinking, what is the funniest way to say this? How, how can I do this joke? And I'd come home and have much better material as a result. But if I was sitting there you know, thinking about, well, I want to draw it this way, it might speed up the construction or the co it, I might get a better composition on the piece overall, but it's not going to necessarily cut down on the amount of time I spend sitting there with charcoal and hand, uh, that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, as Joe said, um, I'd, I'd agree to that. Um, so what I've done in my time of doing my comic, Jack of All Blades, uh, I've worked with two different people, Joe, who you're listening to with me now, Hello. and a friend of mine from high school named Zach. And um, just basically, uh, I wasn't looking for a writer out of either one of them because I, I don't want to say I can draw because I'm not really a good artist, but I can fake it. But uh, at the same time, like, uh, I really, probably the biggest service that we provide to each other, even more than artistically, is it's a person to bounce ideas off of. 
So uh, each part of us has our fit visual part of the comic that we do. Uh, I've always drawn the foregrounds and the characters and uh, stuff like that. And uh, the person who's working with me handles the background and usually the text bubbles. And uh, a little panel positioning uh, parts of the job too. But the biggest uh, role that I think we play to each other is... Uh, uh, in general, like, I'll ha write the first draft of the comic, and I'll come up to uh, Joe or Zach uh, back when it was him and say, Hey, how do you feel about Joke X? And they'll uh, either say, Yeah, I like it. Uh, we can do something with it. Or they'll just tell me, No, that's not going to work. And uh, we'll try to work on it. One nice thing that uh, me and Joe kind of have for each other, too, is... Uh, in college, uh, I dealt more in life sciences, biology, chemistry, so forth. And so, in a lot of stuff, I uh, know more about science. Well, Joe uh, was U.S. history and did ROTC. And so, like, on any question on, like, uh, civil disobedience, protest, uh, military, etc., where I'd just be like, oh, well, uh, we could do this. He would just tell me, no, that won't work. Whoever did that would just get shot, and that would be the end of it. <laughs> Yeah, it infuriates me when I watch like zombie movies that have military units that don't make sense. But uh, also, quick pro tip, don't see 28 Weeks Later. 28 Days Later was fine. 28 Days Later, wonderful. 28 Weeks Later, no. <laughs> we, sorry, that, that's a side note, but you will thank us. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, let's see, what else uh, uh, to the question was okay, there? Okay, bring, bringing in a friend is going to be harder than a stranger. Could I address this? Yeah, go nuts. Um... I agree that a friend is going to feel a lot more comfortable uh, in many cases saying, I think that you could do this entirely different thing with the plot that you never envisioned. Because they know you, they know, you know how well you take criticism and whatnot, so they're going to be more forward. Now, if you are a writer with some conviction, you can say, I have a story that I want to tell. But sometimes little things can be tweaked because they're funnier that week. Or, oh, that is a good piece of dialogue. Yeah, we'll throw that in. But you, you don't need to change your whole everything. Uh, whenever Art and I would kind of, uh, you know, ever butt heads on stuff like this, usually it's just one of those things where I would eventually say, well, the comic has to get made tonight. It's his comic. You know, I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, and eventually, you know, things go his way. Now, for stuff that we have planned way out, that's not something due tomorrow, we'll continue to argue it for a while. Um, It'll, it, yeah, usually also become something that wasn't either one of our plans. Yeah, usually we end up with something way funnier as a result, or way better. Um, one case, though, that I would like to address was uh, we, were, we had this idea for a, another story, like a, a comic that we'd do a couple years out that takes place after our current one. And Art had one vision for it, and I had another vision. And we lived in two separate cities, so we were both taking our own notes and writing our own plots and thinking, oh my god, this is going to be the best thing ever. And then when we came back and compared notes, they were two entirely different stories that couldn't both happen. Yeah, um, completely different. Yeah, and so as a result, um, I, I was kind of a little bit uh, unhappy because I was like, oh man, I spent all this time working on all this stuff, but it's got an entirely different tone than the sort of thing Art enjoys. It, it, the characters are not the characters he wants. You know, well, it's his thing. What do I do? Well, I, I got the idea. Well, he can, you know, take the lead on this project that takes place, you know, in the future. And I'll take some of these ideas that I have and use them uh, in a project that would take place in an entirely different time period and setting. And, you know, uh, channel that there. So I don't feel like 
it's unfulfilling because my creative vision is still being actualized, but just not directly uh, through the story that he tells. Um, and, and we, you know, we both have this. I guess one thing we haven't mentioned yet, which is kind of important, uh, is that our comic, like, uh, the plan for it is it takes place in its own world. And uh, once the story we finish working on is done, we'll start up another one that could take place uh, decades later, years later, millions of years later, etc., or whatever. With entirely all... different characters. It's not like Superman, where you you make the same com, where you, where you try and make a comic about the same guy for eighty years. Because I feel like uh, some of the best stories have kind of clear beginning and end. You can have this preconceived totality of effect when you know what you're trying to say and what you're trying to do. And so, yeah, we, 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 we tell stories that are snapshots of this world, of this universe. And so what Art is doing is, after our current project, he's going to be working on stuff that takes place more in the deep future, and I'm going to continue to assist him on the artwork on that. But because he's still in school, he's uh, working on... What, what do, you, do you consider that a professional degree? Yeah. He's working on a professional degree. So um, with the extra time I have, not working on a degree... I'll be doing a different side project that takes place in the deep past. And, and this isn't even like a pipe dream. Uh, Joe has actually already created a uh, side comic uh, to our main one called uh, Industrial Revolutionary. And it takes place about 14 years after the uh, effects of the comic we're working on, which has also been real fun, too, because we can uh, kind of work the comics together uh, to give them have, uh, make them have different impacts, such as in his comic... Uh, of our current comic, only one of the characters is a cast member, which uh, kind of makes it an interesting dynamic for our current comic because you kind of know now, well, she's going to live through the whole thing, but who knows about anyone else? I mean, it uh, makes everything a little more scary for them. Yeah, it, it also forces us as writers to move past just the idea, okay, so we have this uh, female character, Jill, who we, everybody knows comes back 14 years later to recur in the next series, well, when we have her get kidnapped, we as writers cannot rely on her kidnapping or her hostage situation as the primary source of drama. There, it, we have to delve deeper than that and make sure that there's something really there because people just know, okay, she makes it. Why do we care? What is interesting about this storyline? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, working on Industrial Revolutionary was great for me because I jumped into that without art. Uh, I used some of his original models and tweaked them because we do everything in Vector. I jumped into that when we first started having a little bit of a clash on the future story. And it was really cathartic for me. And it, felt, it made me feel like, okay, I am a valuable uh, part of this team in that I am creating things in my vision for this world. But, you know, without uh, having to stop working on Jack of All Blades. I didn't have to take my ball and go home because I really love doing Jack of All Blades. And uh, so that worked out pretty well. And I like it uh, a lot too because uh, one of the fun things about it is uh, he's building part of this universe for me and it's not how I do it. And that's, uh, in general, like when I read comics, the comics that I like the most and stories I like the most are the ones that I wouldn't have written. Because, I mean, uh, if it is something that I would have written, I'm kind of sitting there predicting what's going to happen. Ah, I know what's going on. But uh, Joe and I do actually have enough of a difference in writing tone and style that he'll do something. I go, oh, that's real clever. I would have never thought of that. And, uh, you know, because, this is, because we have that element, like I said earlier, when we work together, sometimes we just end up with things neither of us would have thought of. Um, 
And it, myself, um, I've also, on Industrial Revolutionary, I brought in a third party, uh, C.P. Stanford, who was just a friend down the hall from me in my dorm who I kept bouncing ideas off of. And I realized, if I'm wasting 40 minutes of your night every night to talk about these jokes and this story, I should probably put you in the credits. And uh, I'm looking forward to working with him on future writing projects. He, he can't draw at all, but he's a really, really intelligent guy when it comes to writing. And uh, I feel like that was just a happy accident. If he hadn't lived there, or if I hadn't just brought it up, that wouldn't have worked out. And so, so some of it's going to be, uh, Andrew, you just got to find people that you feel comfortable with. And you might meet them at conventions or, you know, occasionally on the internet. But, you know, I, I would, I think the forum thing is a little bit worrisome for me. But, you know, if it's somebody that you've been playing uh, in a guild with on WoW for three years and you, you really feel like you know them, that, that might be viable. Um, it does have a little danger here, though, because, uh, I mean, the lack of communication is always going to be rough. I think me and Joe, in general, do write better stuff when we're both in the room at the same time. So uh, we can just be like, okay, let's do this. Now that's dumb. Let's do this. Well, that that uh, is kind of funny, but it doesn't work with this. Well, okay. Well, does that have to happen? Well, it kind of does, but we can change it. Well, let's change that and go with this because uh, it's far more interesting than what we would have to do to make the other one work. I almost followed that, but if you didn't, you are completely forgiven. Uh, <laughs> okay, I, I think that pretty much closes out the question. Um. Yeah, Did let me have... see. Is there any other aspects of it? Um, I mean, my general suggestion is, uh, if possible, try to get into a relationship where you're both doing some of the artwork because it's more of a balanced relationship. You don't have one person who's uh, staying home Friday nights uh, working on uh, your comic while the other person uh, spends you know, their time during the day thinking about it, writes it out over the course of a couple hours, and then is done for well, a week. And, and this doesn't have to be just the way that Art does it, where he draws foregrounds and I draw backgrounds. It could be that you might do thumbnailing and somebody else inks it or colors it, you know? A lot of people work with colorists. That's, that's a big thing, you know? And so, yeah, if you're the guy that draws it and you have no sense of color, find somebody that does. Um, and also, it's a good idea to uh, be able to, if you had to, uh, be able to make the comic on your own if the other person left. Like, uh, as Joe demonstrated in iRevolutionary, uh, if he, uh, if I were to just, uh, get hit by know, a bus, if I got hit by a bus, the story could go on. He could do it. Um, I made a comic b before I did Jack of All Blades called The Day It Snowed, which is generally terrible, but I had to do the bubbling and I had to do the backgrounds. And while they, it would take a big dip in quality for sure, it could be done. The story could go on. Yeah, and that way, you know, you you don't want to have to be dependent on somebody else, but if they can increase your productivity on the whole, I mean, find somebody you trust and run with it. Yeah. Um, well, that about closes that up. Um, we got a couple submissions for bad Geiger impressions. We're not going to be able to share all of them with you this show. Um, should we go with Brian's first? Yeah, uh, we'll go with that. Okay, so this is Brian's bad Geiger impression. This is Brad Geiger here, raiding bands on MySpace. Well, thank you very much, Brian, for your Bad Geiger impression. We want to remind everyone that you can email your Bad Geiger impressions or your questions to webcomicswhenever, all one word, at jackofallblades.com. All one URL, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, that's all we have for this week. I guess we'll catch you guys later. Or whenever.
Brad Geiger here, and I refuse to acknowledge the state of New York. Why <laughs> are you tickling me?